before we dive into today's episode, we want to make a quick but important disclosure. The information and advice shared in this podcast are intended to provide general knowledge and understanding about wellness and health-related subjects. They are not intended to replace professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or qualified health provider with any questions that you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new health regimen. Remember, your health is your responsibility and it's always best to consult with a healthcare professional. This isn't just another podcast, it's a deep dive into the world of beauty, wellness, and longevity. Now we're here to discuss what beauty really means beyond just appearances. We'll also talk about wellness, the habits and practices that keep us healthy, full of energy. And we'll explore the topic of longevity, looking at the science and realities of living a long, fulfilling life. So sit back, relax, and join us as we go beyond the mirror. Welcome back, listeners. I am here today. We are going to be talking about the hot topic of hair loss and hair, hair growth, which is a very sought after um, area. And really, it has a lot to do with how we look and how we feel. And when we have nice hair and good hair growth and our hair is looking great, you know, those days where we have a good hair day, (laughs) that seems to help boost our confidence. And Today, we have a special guest, uh, Chrissy Stojan, and Chrissy is known as the hair doc. Now, Chrissy, you have actually been in the hair industry and helping people look and feel their best for the past 30 years in different ways. Now, I would love for you to share um, how you actually ended up in this industry, styling, helping people with hair growth um, over that time period. Well, Thank you, first of all, for having me. Um, and so I've been, yeah, behind the chair and just doing hair, you know, like a normal stylist. And then I started getting into extensions and that just really like made everyone, you know, so happy. And then extensions were great, but it didn't help the top of the head. So then I started looking into, okay, how do I help with the top of the head? And then I, so I got into hair replacement and that was where you basically kind of glued on a topper to the top of the head. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure about this. This is kind of a last resort, I think. So then I started, I'm like, I want to help people before they get to that stage. Because I was noticing so many of my clients and people younger losing hair at a much faster rate than, you know, was normal. And so that's when I heard of trichology and it's the study of hair and scalp. And so I took some classes and became a specialist in hair loss because I wanted to know exactly why some people are losing their hair, why some of these treatments and stuff worked on some, but it didn't work on others. Um, And then, you know, once I did that and, you know, and working with wigs and toppers, just the reward that I got from helping somebody on a different level than just making their hair pretty that just was what I had been looking for. It was amazing. It's an amazing feeling when you can change someone's life. Well, and and right now we're seeing hair loss since COVID at a rate, like it's astronomically higher than it was. So it's incredibly, it's great timing for you to have that knowledge and understanding and be able to share it with people. And, you know, actually that was one of the things that many people had asked about when I had posted online that we were going to be doing this show with you 
one of actually three people had reached out and were like, well, what about COVID and hair loss that has to do after COVID? Do you want to address that question now? Sure, I can. So basically what happens, um, you know, anytime you get really sick or you go through surgery, anything like that, your body is, you know, all of that, your energy and everything it takes to make your hair and everything um, your body is so smart that it knows that your hair is not a vital organ to survive. So it's going to take all of that energy and nutrients and everything that it takes to make the hair and put it into the system or into the body where it needs to go. And during that time, then your hair just kind of gets ignored. And so it pushes it into a telogen phase, which is a, a shedding phase. And so normally people will see that happen about two months after that trigger. So normally it's about two months after you get sick or have COVID. That's when you start noticing the shedding. And it's actually the same with a regular virus too. Like it it, it really, the body doesn't discern that this is COVID or this is a different virus. The cycle is actually the same with a traditional virus, but I think we were all paying attention more with COVID. And I do think COVID maybe accelerates it a little bit more than a traditional virus. But at the end of the day, it can happen with any cold. Exactly. And I did notice that people who had really high fevers for a really long time are the ones that experienced a lot more shedding than those who didn't really get that sick. Interesting. Makes, makes total sense. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. So speaking of that, I, I'm, I'm loving that we're heading that direction. There are three main types of hair loss. Will you help us understand those? Sure. So the, the main types is genetic hair loss, inflammatory hair loss, and nutritional hair loss. So they're kind of easy. So genetic hair loss is the most common, and you can tell by a pattern. It's normally right in through here. Men and women, it happens, women around menopause, men, you know, sometimes they get it around, you know, 18, 19. It's just, it's when those hormones go crazy. Um, Inflammatory hair loss, a lot of people will get it who have autoimmune diseases. Um, It's, it just attacks those hair follicles. And you normally will feel it in the head when it's burning or itching, uh, anything like that. It's red. Uh, you know, you can get it from, you know, any kind of autoimmune diseases. Um, It can be caused by uh, different, um, you know, by medications or by, um, you know, products and stuff. And normally that happens on the, in the back of the, the scalp. And then nutritional hair loss is basically an overall shedding or um, mostly on the sides And that will happen kind of over time. It'll get really thin or your hair will start breaking and get dry and brittle because it's not getting the proper nutrition. Um, So those are the three main types of hair loss. And within those, again, there's many different reasons, but basically you break it down to those three. Awesome. Thank you so much. Looking at nutrition and more of the inflammatory state, nutrition plays a really vital role in how our hair is able to grow. Can you elaborate a little bit and and share more about how nutrition is really vital and what it takes to actually get that hair to regrow nutritionally? 
So nutritionally, first you got to figure out where you're lacking in, in nutrition. So and everyone's body is different. So there could be some certain foods that help your body, but those same foods might not be good for somebody else's body. So understanding your body and how it reacts to food is key to being able to help, uh, help you, uh, hair loss nutritionally. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And I love that you're bringing this up because, um, there is in, in doing, I've been doing food sensitivity testing for about 14 years now, and there is no food that is 100% good for every single person on this planet. And there's also not a food that is 100% bad for every single person on this planet. Even though we are told, you know, white rice isn't good. It doesn't have any nutritional value. You know, iceberg lettuce doesn't have any nutritional value. They hold water. And for some people, they have a benefit. In knowing that, I love that you brought this up because there is no one size fits all diet either. And so really honing in on specifically what each person needs to help regrow that hair follicle, nutritionally balance them and reduce the inflammation in their body is really necessary for addressing not only hair growth, but many other health factors. Yeah. Right. And, and that's, it's cool, it's that's, cool that, that Dina has a system that allows her to look at that without drawing blood and, and doing all that. Like there's, there's more than one way to test for that, which is kind of cool. And, and getting to know her was like the way that I got to see, oh, there's other ways to check for that. And, and just piling on a bunch of supplements isn't the best solution either. You know, yeah. like don't just dump all, you know, cause you don't know it's better to figure it out. Yeah. And Chrissy, is that something that you study as well? Or like, how do you assess people if it, if it's a nutritional deficiency? So how do I know if it's a nutritional deficiency? So how do you address it afterwards? She actually has an entire system that she uses as well. We've okay. actually partnered, which is really cool. And you could tell more about how it is that you do it because it's phenomenal. So, yeah, so I use a bioresonance type of test. So I take a few hair strands and put it in my machine. And within about 15 minutes, I can, it, what it does is the, uh, the system breaks down the, that hair follicle and it reads what is missing and um, everything in that hair follicle. So you're able to see your vitamins, minerals, amino acids, antioxidants, but it also does environmental issues. So it can see whether or not you're sensitive to EMF, whether you have a lot of radiation or toxic metals, uh, virus, fungus, things like that in your system. And then it'll tell you, and it breaks it down by, okay, you have a lot of these vitamins, you have very low these vitamins. Um, and so I, that is a, a really great tool to, for me to see exactly where they're at. Um, because a lot of times people will come in and their hair is dry, brittle, it's breaking. And I'm looking at them and I'm like, you don't eat meat, do you? And more, more than likely they don't eat a lot of meat. And so they're protein is very low. And so a lot of times, just about every time I do this test on them, they're low on their amino acids. Um, so that is one thing that helps me. Uh, but 
that report is so much more than that. And so that's why I did partner with, with Dina because she's a nutritionist and that that's a whole nother realm of being able to help people. So I love to get to the root cause, like the products and the treatments that I do can definitely help stop the hair loss and help it to regrow, but you don't want to have to depend on these products the rest of your life. So my idea is figuring out the root cause of it and then letting your body start doing that on its own. And that's why I partner with Dina because she's able to read the report and look at the report and help them so much better than I can because I'm not a nutritionist. And so that's why I love this report because it's a great tool to be able to help me right then in that consultation, but then take it further by working with people like Dina. Do you know, um, I mean, I know that sometimes hair is a delayed, um, you know, like it's gives, it gives delayed information. Do you know like how far along, like, is it something that was going on current or could it be something that was happening two months ago or how, how does that read? How can you tell like, like timeline? Yeah. If, it, yeah. if it's now or if it was before or what? Right. So your hair stores about 90 days worth of information. So I look at it as like a tree. You know how if you cut a tree in half, you can read the rings and you can see everything that's going on in that what had happened over the lifespan of that tree. Your hair follicles, the same thing, same way, because everything that goes in our body comes out through our hair. And so, you know, layer upon layer in that hair follicle has all that information for the past 90 days. Let's talk a little bit about some of the common myths about hair loss and what truths are actually behind them. So some of the common myths. Um, so I have a specific one, actually. Yeah, go for it. Yeah, um, everybody's constantly, there's all this reporting on hair product, like how, you know, it's this shampoo, it's that shampoo, it's this conditioner, it's this product. How much of that do you think is real or how much of that is not real? Like when you're is, using. As far as will a shampoo help you regrow your hair? Or vice versa? Will it help you cause you to lose hair? Well, a shampoo is not going to do either of them on its own. Now, you can be very sensitive to that particular shampoo, which is going to cause inflammation, which is going to cause some hair loss and damage. So that could be a reason, but it's not, it's not like a bad shampoo. It's just because that person is, you know, sensitive to that shampoo. Sure. And that's why I asked. So it's more individualized that way too. I only say this because there's tons of data out there all of a sudden that, oh, you can't buy this hair product because it's causing hair loss. You can't buy this product because it's causing hair loss. And I just, there's a piece of me that's like, is that true? Or is that, is that exaggerated? And, you know, again, it could be, is that just for me? Is it just for Dina? Like, you know, mm-hmm. well, here's an example of that. I used to work with a company that probably is what you're talking about. Everybody's like, oh, don't use this because it causes hair loss. Well, it's a great product. But like, for instance, I had a, um, a deodorant that I liked that was all natural and it had lavender in it. Well, I started using this and oh my gosh, I started itching so bad. And well, I am apparently allergic to lavender. So is that a really bad deodorant? No, it's just that I'm sensitive to that. So I'm not going to go out and blast that deodorant because it's not just for right. me. So it's the same thing with 
you know, um, any product out there. Unless the product is filled with really bad stuff. But again, some people might be more sensitive than others. Okay. Is there like a chemical that they put in shampoo that is very toxic to the hair shaft or follicle that you know of? Um, well, you know, the sulfates and everything, I don't know the exact name of them, but the, um, sulfates and parabens, those, um, you know, kind of clog it and they, um, they're just really harsh. I mean, some of these chemicals that they put, I mean, they're such small amounts. So in themselves are not bad, but if you are constantly using the shampoo all the time and your body is not able to, um, you know, like process it, then yeah, it's going to be bad for you. Yeah. You got a little bit of backup on the liver. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Yep. Um, any other myths that you want to dispel? Yeah. So a big common myth is what I hear with hair loss. Oh, if I start taking that Rogaine or Minoxidil, I have to use it the rest of my life or my hair is going to fall out. Well, actually that, that is true, but it's not that it's, you stop using that product and then your hair is going to fall out. It's just that minoxidil just kind of helps stop the hair loss from happening. Well, then when you stop using the product, your hair will revert back to what it was. It's no different than if you go to the gym, you work out, you look great, you quit going to the gym, your body's going to go back. It's the same thing. The other thing is, you know, brush your hair a hundred strokes a day um, helps your hair grow. That actually is kind of true too, because what it's doing is you're stimulating that blood circulation. And so massaging your scalp and everything is, is really good for you. Um, the other thing is regular trims, you know, oh, well, you know, my, uh, you know, getting the hair trimmed um, makes it grow faster. Now, it's not true. It doesn't make it grow faster because it grows out of here. It just makes it look like it's 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 solid because if you don't get your hair trimmed, you get split in. So they start splitting up the hair. So if you cut it off before it starts splitting, it's not going to split up. So those are, you know. That's actually, um, on a other side note, we do dermaplaning on the face and people always say, Oh, shaving makes you grow more hair. And actually that is a myth um, because it's really coming from the inside. And and that's a lot of what you're talking about. If a woman has very hairy face, it's usually related to hormones Mm -hmm. um, and it has nothing to do with shaving or dermaplaning or not dermaplaning or whatever. And it's the same with men. Like if a man has a man has a sparse beard and he shaves his beard it's not going to make him grow more hair. It's not going to benefit. Yeah, he doesn't fill it in. No, it doesn't. <laughs> and it's been proven like through John Hopkins mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's not just, yeah. uh, you know, and I'm, and it sounds like you're kind of addressing, you know, you're trying to do the opposite. We're trying to get the hair off and you're trying to keep the hair on, but it all comes, a lot of it comes from the inside. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of hair loss and it coming from the inside, how much hair loss is related to stress? A lot, a lot. And I, I see this a lot in, um, you know, stress will just trigger it. I mean, it's, it's huge. There are people that, but again, it's, 
how your body is sensitive to that. I mean, there have been people who have gone to bed with a full head of hair and woke up, their hair's all gone. I mean, immediate instant, you know, Um, but stress is a huge trigger. And I try and tell people, you know, I can't tell you to stop stressing because we're all going to stress. So what can you do to help alleviate that stress? There are things that you can do, you know, meditate, pray, um, you know, whatever it is that looks like to you to help remove that stress or help to deal with that stress a lot better. That's what you need to do. Because if you keep stressing, I mean, no matter what I do can help, it's not, it's not really going to, it's not going to be effective if you don't try to alleviate that stress. Absolutely. Thank you so much for that. I will want to kind of just insert a little bit in here. Um, Reducing cortisol. So cortisol is our stress hormone. There is quite a few things that you can do to reduce cortisol in the body. One of them is gratitude. So when you exercise gratitude, that raises your oxytocin, which is a hormone that helps to balance out the cortisol. And also hugs is another great way holding babies and um what about animals and petting animals yeah i would say too i was like yeah there's one more that i want to share yeah yeah petting animals huge too yeah and so those are all fabulous ways to get more oxytocin in and lower that cortisol regularly yeah right do you have any other um good stress relievers for for people that you um recommend Oh, I'm a really bad one because I'm so high stress, but, but also understanding your stress. Like for instance, you know, like for me, I have a really bad adrenal system. So I'm constantly in that fight or flight, no matter. And so I have to physically make myself calm myself down because my body just is constantly in that, in that stress mode. So understanding that kind of helps me purposely do, you know, keep myself, my stress level down. Um, but yeah, I don't just, I I just personally, what I do is I just try to pray. I just, anytime I get stressed, I just breathe heavy, heavy breathing. That's, that's a huge thing. I think it's just breath work. Absolutely. I have a nurse friend that teaches big CEOs how to just take a breath, how to just like stop and take a breath. And it's life changing for them. It lowers their blood pressure, their cortisol levels go down just by doing that breath work. So yeah, that is a great way to reduce stress. There was a gal at one of the uh, holistic conventions that we went to, her and her husband have an Instagram where they teach people how to breathe. Yeah. Like there are definitely resources free. To go out there and find some assistance with that for sure. And yeah. And I mean, they're starting to use breath work in medicine. Like it's, it's it's huge. It's hitting all the, all the things because it is, I mean, that's how we get our oxygen in and the bad stuff out. And I mean, it's really a critical piece of how we function. Yeah. It is funny how it's just, it's, it's breathing. We all do it, but it, I had a client who told me they went on a retreat for two days to learn how to breathe. I'm like, what? Really? Two days? But I can totally see that. It it really, it's hard work to really learn how to breathe correctly. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I talk to a lot of people that I do health assessments with and, and 
there's indications on their reports. And I'm like, are you a breath holder? And they're like, yeah, how'd you know? And I'm like, that's a funny one. So in the treatment room, when I'm doing something painful Mm -hmm. on the client and they are holding their breath, I start holding my breath. And so I know, like, I literally say, you've got to breathe. And they're like, how do you know? I'm like, because I'm not either. Right. So I'm not breathing. You're not breathing. Let's breathe together. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh my goodness. Let's both stop holding our breath. (laughs) But yeah, yeah, like, you do get that, like, even synergy of being with another person. Yes. You know, you can actually, people who do massage and people who do body work can actually control the breathing of the person that's on the table. So that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of your daily hair care routines that you recommend? Um, brushing your hair daily. I love a wet brush. It's a, a brand, wet brush brand, because it's very gentle on the hair, but it detangles really well. So I highly recommend that. Um, massaging the scalp, um, just doing that daily. Um, you don't have to shampoo daily. Um is it better not to shampoo daily or does it depend on the person again? It really depends. Now, here's something that's interesting. Um, if you have oily hair, normally people who have oily hair shampoo their hair every day because it's oily, right? Well, they're actually making it worse because what happens is they have, they're shampooing it, they're getting rid of all that oil. Well, they actually have overactive sebaceous glands. So those sebaceous glands are like, oh my gosh, I have no oil up there. I have to produce. So they keep producing. Then they shampoo, they keep producing. So the what you do is you get an oil. I know it sounds crazy, but it has to be a very, very fine, thin oil, like an argon oil or something like that. Very, very fine, thin oil. And you put it on your scalp and then it, you're, it will soak right in to your sebaceous glands, telling them, okay, I'm good. I don't need to produce more. And then you don't have to shampoo every day. That is what I use. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm a big, my mom was a cosmetologist. And so she's always been really big into scalp massages. And she is all about hair. And so it's funny that, well, and you, do that you have say amazing that. hair. I'm so. like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hair. it definitely works. <laughs> it's working. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> what are some of the um, latest like advancements in hair? restoration, hair care, hair longevity that you find absolutely promising? Well, um, there are like the microneedling and the growth factors. Growth factors are huge and they work amazing. I mean, I'm sure you use something in in the facial um, industry, but the the growth factors are amazing. Um, There's, I have to tell you one thing, this is kind of funny. It's called FMT. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but it's called fecal microbiotransplantation. Oh, yes, I have. I've actually studied this quite a bit because it completely restores your nutrition. You're basically taking a healthy gut from a fecal matter fecal from matter. a healthy yeah. gut and putting it in an unhealthy gut. We used to do those transplants at the hospital it's, I worked at. It's miraculous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it has helped you know, with, with alopecia for, for, for people. Now, a lot of people don't want to do that, but, um, but there's also, there's a new, um, 
a new device that just came out that I'm so excited about. I can't wait. I haven't gotten it yet, but I'm so excited to get it. Um, but it's a call, it's a trans epidermal, um, delivery system. And so it's kind of works. Um, I don't know if you heard of it. So we have a couple of technologies here. One of them is we use micro channeling with, uh, uh, stem cells. And, uh, we don't use, uh, the person's stem cells because the person, the stem cell is only as healthy as the person. So sometimes if you are having a hair loss issue and you're doing PRP, you're just putting the unhealthy back into the unhealthy. So like it, it isn't necessarily beneficial. So we use a purified stem cell and uh, microchanneling. Um, we also have a possibility, we, ha we aren't doing it yet, but we've discussed using exosomes with ultrasound mm -hmm. diffusion which has a lot of promise cosmetically here. But we do also sell a product, a prescription product that is retinol mixed with Rogaine, you know, or the minoxidil, um, because it unclogs the scalp by using the retinol in the scalp and it, it's very beneficial. And we have a laser cap with the LED light that we can use in combination to help, you know, kind of cause things right. to, happen right. faster basically you know kind of push that in to the system a little bit better yeah um, exactly but, but what uh explain like you know what what you have been doing as well i'm always interested in what people are doing that is successful so yeah the, like what, i think the the stem cells like what you're talking about and that is works amazing i think that with combination, because you got to treat it internally and externally. So with the combination and the laser caps, those are really great. They work so well. Um, and then this and delivery system that actually, pardon me? I was saying the laser caps, you just do at home. So you like you, we sell you the device and then you're just, you're treating yourself on the, on the regular. So. Yeah, yeah. It's not and like that's a good maintenance program that I, I put right. people on that have uh, genetic hair loss because it's a lifelong thing. So I try to, you know, that, that's a great maintenance plan for people. Well, um, and I would imagine that you're going to address all the internal stuff. Yeah, like, like you said, you have to do both. Like if we're just trying to fix that superficially and we're not looking at the whole body, then we're missing an element. And we haven't been, you know, until now. So and and now with you too, which is amazing. So we'll have the ability to treat it from the inside out. What about, right. I have one, I do have another question because yeah. I personally have not, I have some hair loss issues and I do not do well with, um, what's the, what's the nutritional supplement that they tell everybody to take for hair loss? Saw palmetto? Uh, niacin? And no, not saw palmetto. No, biotin? Biotin. Yeah. Like I cannot use biotin at all. Digestively, it completely disagrees with me. And it's in all those hair growth products, like all the popular ones. Do you, is that something that you use with people or not? Or you like prefer looking at the whole, like, let's look at the hair. Let's see what's missing. Only about 18% of the people are biotin deficient. And okay. if you're not deficient in it, then you don't really need to take it. Well, and I think basically that was what was happening with me. I was taking it and it was causing me issues in my gut because I didn't really need it, right? 
So now I'm pumping in something I didn't need. Correct. Um, but I did want to ask because like that is the go-to for a lot of people. Oh, let's just put them on biotin. I mean, we even do it at biotin IV, which is great. Again, if they're deficient, but I don't really encourage people doing that without knowing more just from my own experience using biotin, you know, and finding it's not a great product for everybody, you know, and it's right. not the solution necessarily. Right. Yeah. That's why I think it's so important on an individual level to really assess what is going on with the cell. If it's not exactly. detoxing and not letting, you know, the receptor's not working correctly, things don't go in, they don't come out. There's a mishap and a, and a deficiency, potentially a toxicity, some inflammation. That that's where the inflammatory hair loss comes into play. It's an underlying inflammatory issue lots of things to address, not just one thing. And that's where coming in yeah, and having and, an expert opinion really does help. <laughs> exactly. And I, I tell people, cause they're like, well, I've tried this, I tried that. And I said, well, if you've been doing something for six months and you don't see a difference, it's probably not doing anything. So why are you wasting your time and money for doing it? And so, you know, and I tell people, you got to give whatever it is that you're doing a few months to, to really see progress. Right. Cause we were just saying that your hair is showing the 90 days of work. So, I mean, if you haven't put in the 90 days, you have no idea if it's actually working, you know, right. I mean, and your cells turn over every 90 days too. Right. I mean, even when we're doing micro channeling, it's a series, right? Because just one isn't going to trick the body into, to repairing, mm -hmm. you know, and, and then it takes a minute, even after we're done to fully know how effectively, how effective the treatments were. Yeah. So again, you have to be patient, which with hair loss, it's hard to be patient, really you know, is. especially if you've gotten very sick and it's dramatic yeah. and yeah, it's not fun. Well, but that's the good thing about toppers because they yeah. are, um, you know, they can immediately conceal it. And I do a lot of those with clients who just, you know, really are struggling mentally with their hair loss. This is a good solution, immediate coverage, but we can still work on your hair loss. So they're not going to negatively, you know, they're not going to negatively impact the course. You know, you've got instant gratification plus you're doing the repair. Are there any ramifications of having the topper on there? Like it doesn't do anything to the natural hair underneath, like with the glue and the, all that stuff? Well, yeah, we're talking two different things. So clip-on toppers versus adhesive, the hair replacement is like the glue on. Uh, that's a last resort. This is what I tell people. So the clips, certain people, yeah, if you dig it into your scalp and you, you know, that's going to cause some traction alopecia or you're breaking that hair. Um, but what I do for my clients is I will move or I will put the whole thing with clips. Oh. Well, I alternate clips and uh, Velcro. So they're not always using the same spot all the time. I love that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you can get a pressure ulcer in a certain area within two hours if there's any kind of decreased blood flow or lack of protein in the body. And so, you know, that was one of the things that I wanted you to address because it is very important to maneuver and have it in an area where it makes sense and not 
creating pressure. I mean, even with lashes, if you get artificial lashes ongoing, eventually you start to lose your natural lashes, but then they're always going in the same spot for the most part mm. over and over again. And so like, I don't, I don't ever like, like some people love artificial lashes and I never say don't do it, but there, I always say use a lash serum also so you don't lose your natural lash while you're doing mm -hmm. the artificial lash. Well, in bringing that up, um, extensions like that, I'm telling you, extensions, this is going to be a huge thing for, for young women because some of these extensions that they're putting on, the way they're doing it, they're actually causing damage to their hair. I mean, if you lift those extensions up, you can see how thin their hair is. And, you know, you've got these, most of the people they want extensions is because they already have fine, thin hair. Well, you don't, you know, use a halo instead and then treat your, your hair. Um, but I mean, it's, it's going to be so bad. If, you know, if you, if you're doing this for 10 years and you get addicted to it, that's the sad thing is, you know, once you get your hair extensions out, you feel like you're bald because you don't have right. the hair there anymore. And so you keep doing it. Are there extensions that work better than others? I mean, there's there one that you recommend over another, for example? Well, it's the technique. So there are certain techniques that are better, in my opinion, than others. Um, and, but it also depends on that hairstylist. You can do a great technique, but if you're, the way you do it is not correct, you're gonna cause damage. I mean. No matter what technique you use with extensions, if you have something in your hair for more than, you know, 24 hours, it's going to cause some damage to your hair. But there's certain techniques that are a little bit better. The, I can't, I guess I probably can't legally say what some of these are, um, but I, the method that I would prefer, and I only do extensions on people that I feel can handle it. Um, is the Bellini type. Um, it's just a type of, of technique, one of their techniques that I like the best. So, cause it's yeah. not crimping yeah. the hair and yeah, sure. But that's, that's a huge thing, but I just recommend do a halo. If you just want the length, do a halo because it's not going to cause any damage to your hair and it's less expensive. You're not going to be spending yeah. thousands and thousands of dollars a year on extensions. Right. Coloring Absolutely. and moving. And yeah, mm -hmm. I did that once upon a time. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot to maintain. Oh, I bet. In my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And, and I'm like, my hair grows fast. Yours is too. Yeah. And so I'm like, I bet the maintenance would be unreal. Can you tell us um, like a couple of success stories that you've had people who have done the hair analysis and then they've done their 90 day plan and then re have regrown their hair? Yeah. So I had a client who had, um, she had come to me, she had been wearing toppers for years because she had cancer when she was younger and her hair just was, was thin and that. And, um, so finally after coming to me for about a year, she finally did the, um, hair analysis test and she started working with a nutritionist and she called me about six months later and she was just like, I just have to tell you, you guys teaming up together was a life changer because she followed her instructions. 
Um, and her hair is, I mean, and she's like in her sixties, her hair is, you know, so much healthier and she feels better. I mean, that's the biggest thing is that she feels better. Um, I had a client who took the test and I saw her a couple months afterwards. And this was like at seven o'clock at night. And her, her whole thing was, it was mainly, um, hormones, just really bad, uh, just fatigue and, uh, inflammation, her hands, just inflammation, really bad. So she took the test. Um, you know, she was told not to do this, not to do that. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, seriously, I would, you know, I don't know. And I could do that. But she's like, Nope, I did it. And I saw her like at seven o'clock at night and her hair was done. Her makeup was done. She was like bouncing all over the place. And I'm like, did you just get up or something? She goes, no, I've been up since four o'clock this morning. I feel great. I'm like, oh my gosh. She goes, I'm telling you within two weeks of following those instructions, my body total night and day. It's amazing. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And I, I love how it goes back to when, when she felt good, like she looked good. She felt good, you know? I mean, right. is it, yeah, I mean, that's huge. the world that we live in. Yeah. And, and I think especially not that men don't care, but as women, we definitely carry it as a, it's like how you Heavier. look, how you feel yeah. like it's not everything, but it, it really affects your, your view of yourself. Mm-hmm. Like not even the outward, like I need to be gorgeous. But like, I just don't feel confident in my skin and hair is a huge piece of that for, for so many people. Oh yeah. Absolutely. We're trying to get the, um, hair, uh, hair loss industry to be covered under insurance because it does fall under mental health. I could absolutely see that. Me too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know people that won't do chemo because they will lose their hair. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's big. That is big. I have not met anybody. <laughs> no, that's neither have I. Gone that route. Um, what can individuals do at home for their hair care? And when should they ask for professional help? When should someone seek you out? Well, when, so at home, they should just basically clean, you know, make sure their scalp is clean. Use shampoos that are not irritating. Brush your hair. Um, don't constantly keep it in a tight ponytail. Um, when you feel that, so losing hair every day is fine. We lose a hundred hairs per day. That's totally normal. Um, when you're showering and your hair is coming out in, in clumps and you that's probably not a good sign. Or when you start noticing more than normal, um, you probably want to seek help, um, or at least call and find out, is it something that I should be worried about? Um, if you, if your hair is burning, if you have a burning or it's really itchy, um, tingling, anything like that, definitely call because that is an inflammatory response. And if you don't get to it quick enough, you could cause permanent damage to your hair. Um, a lot of these, um, if you get, um, treatment soon enough, we can stop it from, from continuing. Um, so yeah, I would say just mainly if it's itching, burning, anything like that, really call. Yeah. Those are good indicators. How is the, uh, what is a good way to get a hold of you? 
Um, basically the phone. I'm old fashioned. I like to talk to people so they can uh, call me, uh, text me is always fine too. Um, or I do emails. On here. Uh, my phone number is 636-751-8180. Um, and then my website is uh, hairsolutionstl.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Any yes, other questions? So enlightening. I love I it. This is such a good topic yes. too. It's, it's yes. critical. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And I, I love getting the word out and telling people that there is hope because that's the biggest thing is just letting people know there is hope. You do not have to wait. And I hear so many people just wait too long to seek help. Yeah. 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 Get yeah. in, get some help right away. As soon as you realize. Yeah. And it's key. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Christy. We so appreciate you. Yes. Thank You're you welcome. so much. Thank you. Bye.